Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, it's star style, it's moon style, it's sun style. Hello, this is Cynthia Bryan, and welcome to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, brought to the airwaves under the SBCs of Be the Star You Are charity, coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. I was just talking to Matt, my engineer, and asking if he got to see the eclipse of the sun, um, this at uh, the sun and the moon together. That was pretty cool. Um, this couple of days ago, and yes, he saw them with the glasses. I got to see it partially. I didn't use the glasses. I used that a little pinhole thing, you know, that you learned like in grammar school. But it was overcast, and then the clouds parted, and then it was able to be seen. So that was kind of interesting. Although I know I have lots of. People, I know a lot of people who uh, traveled to other states to see the total eclipse of the sun. So, and I hope that it was as exciting for them as that they had anticipated because I know it's a great phenomena, but it just sometimes seems like, hmm, okay, well, that was, <laughs> was good. Well, I'm glad you're here with us. Today, we're going to be practicing joy because research indicates that it's the little things in life that lead to a joyful life. So maybe I think that the eclipse is actually a rather big thing. But um, if you notice those small moments that make you happy and learn how to practice being blissful, you are going to lead a more fulfilled and joyful life. So we're going to talk about that. The next thing in our second segment was going to be about pets as therapists. 95% of pet owners consider their pet part of their family. And it's, uh, is it any wonder that scientists are spending a lot of time investigating how animals can truly increase our mental and emotional health? So animal therapy is on the rise, and we want you to hug your pet or somebody's pet today. And we're going to talk about how pets can really help us uh, be the stars that we were born to be. And then finally, everybody knows somebody who is a constant blamer, complainer, and nothing is ever right for these people. And since they don't know how to get attention in any other way, they find the negative things and everything, and then they blame others for mistakes or faults of their own. So 
We want to learn how can we tame those complaints, bust the blames, reframe the resistance, or perhaps just ignore everything when you get going because uh, it's pretty distracting when you have somebody who is blaming and complaining. The miracle moment for today is brought to you by the sponsors of the Pear and Wine Festival, which is happening in September the 23rd in Moraga at the Be The Star You Are booth, and that is MB Jesse Painting, Michael Verbrugge Construction, and the La Mirinda Weekly. And we want to thank them all for sponsoring Be The Star You Are. And this is from a source unknown. In less time than it takes to tell what a tough day you've had, you could be relaxing already. Now think about that one. Again, that really gets into what we're going to talk about in segment three about the complaining and blaming. So when your partner or your friend or your roommate or your spouse comes home after, you know, a very long and hard day, don't make it the first thing to talk about how tough your day was. Just take a couple of deep breaths, have a glass of wine, and then start relaxing and maybe you will stop complaining. So the science of pet therapy is definitely getting some serious attention. Now, being a pet in America is actually a pretty, pretty cool thing. I always think if there is such a thing as reincarnation, it would be great to come back as somebody's absolutely beloved dog or pig or rabbit or cat or whatever other pet that somebody really, really adores. Pets are incredibly well-loved, according to the 2015 Harris Poll right here in the United States. 95% of owners think of their animal as part of their family. About half of those people buy their pets birthday presents, Christmas presents, Hanukkah presents, anniversary presents. About two Uh, Thirds of them um, really look at their pets and as not only part of their family, but as the most important part of their family. And it is a two-way street. People who have pets tend to have lower blood pressure, lower um, heart rates, lower uh, risk of heart disease than those who don't. And these health benefits... They are a boon, and they really might come from some of the extra exercise that playing and walking require when you have a pet. And it also comes from that stress relief of having a steady best friend on hand. Now, I know, as most of you already know, I have a big barnyard of animals. I have chickens and ducks and geese and rabbits and two pigs and a goat and um and as well as three feral cats, and I have fish, and I have birds, and I love all these animals, and all of the animals have been adopted. They were all abandoned, and I take great care of them, and it's so amazing to see how devoted they are. Now, of course, I feed them, so they follow me around, but I do genuinely think that they're grateful, and what they're giving me back is I just love playing with them and being with them. The two bunnies that I adopted, I don't know, many months ago. They're just very funny to watch because they're always, always playing and kind of, you know, just like little children would play. They were they were babies when they came and they roll around and they chase each other and it's very, very cute. And to watch the goat and the pig play together, you don't really think of them as being companions, but goats like to play. 
And the pig isn't always a, a happy, you know, a happy playmate, but she seems to go along with it. And it's just really wonderful for me to watch it. And sometimes I really think that it's the best part of my day, spending that hour or more just in the barnyard with them. And it definitely relieves my stress. I feel, you know, I have a lot of stress-free because I have these best friends on hand, you know, all the time. So now what's happening with scientists is they're digging up the evidence that animals also help improve mental health. And that's even for people with really challenging disorders. Now, the studies are still small, but the benefits are truly impressive. They're enough so that clinical settings are opening their doors to animal-assisted interventions, such as pet therapy. In other words, they're using pet therapy alongside conventional medicine. Now, it used to be that um, one of the great no-nos to think of an animal in a hospital. And I truly remember that when my daughter, when she was uh, four, was in the hospital for two weeks. And it was a really scary time. She had to have a, a really big surgery. I mean, two weeks is a long time. And in order to cheer her up, her preschool teacher, her preschool science teacher, snuck a parrot into the hospital one day. And the next day she snuck in another little animal. And it just brought such joy uh, to, uh, to my daughter. She was just like, you know, just because she loves animals. And so now, instead of having to sneak animals into hospitals, you're able to actually bring animals into the hospitals, which is really a fantastic thing because, um, because people just respond, especially they're finding it in, in uh, senior centers, in people with dementia. Now, I don't know of any major children's hospital that doesn't have at least some kind of animal program. And, you know, almost all hospitals everywhere now have some kind of animal program. It used to be they were a fear of infections, but not anymore, as long as all the pets have had all their shots, etc. So this rise of animal therapy is, best, uh, is really backed by increasingly serious science, and it shows that social support. There's a proven antidote to anxiety and loneliness, and it comes on four legs and not just two. Animals of many types, they help calm the stress, they calm the fear, the anxiety in young children, the elderly, and everyone in between. And you have probably heard about some of the wonderful, wonderful results that have been done with veterans or people who are suffering from PTSD, um, post-traumatic stress disorder, and working with pets, especially dogs, who that when they are with these animals, that they just feel less anxiety and their fears tend to alleviate. So the animals are just really incredible uh, companions. Now, uh, many, or I should say more research is needed, obviously, before scientists know exactly why this works and how much animal interaction is needed for, you know, to obtain the best results. But all the published studies so far show that that uh, paws have a place in medicine and in mental well-being, and the data is really strong. If you look at what animals do for people and how we interact with them, it's not surprising at all. So, you know, here's a look at some of the cutting-edge science in the field, and I'm going to just uh, share with you about some of the animals that have been um, have been studied and what the results are. 
So bunnies and rabbits. In one study, a stressed out group of adults were told to pet a rabbit, a turtle, or their favorite toy. Now, the toy had zero effect, nothing. Stroking a living creature, whether it was a hard-shelled turtle or a furry, um, furry little bunny, it relieved their anxiety. And it worked for people regardless of whether they initially said they liked animals or whether they didn't like animals. So even a turtle. And I've had turtles. I've had frogs. I've had crickets. <laughs> um, it's, it's kind of crazy, all the different animals that you have. But there is something to be said about it. I know uh, I've always raised, um, always had rabbits and always had bunnies and chickens. Those are the, like the two things. And dogs that um, I've always had. Now, for me, my favorite animal, I would say, is probably a horse. And among the most studied therapy animals, horses have been the most involved in medical treatment plans in Europe since about the 1860s. Activities like grooming a horse or leading one around a pen, they have been shown to really reduce the PTSD symptoms in children, adolescents, and of course in adults. And I know for me, having been raised on horses and always had a horse, I never even cared if I rode the horse, but what I loved is nuzzling the horse, smelling the horse, putting my arms around the horse, and there's just something about a horse. It's, a horse just seems to innately know what you're feeling and seems to be able to make you feel better, and I know I have a, a colleague who was a publicist for a long time who um, was actually someone who put a lot of different authors and celebrities here on our radio show. And she actually started a horse therapy program with uh, horses and and children who were disabled with incredible results. So very, very important um, to be around animals. Now, people might think that fish don't have any impact at all, but they would be completely wrong. Animals can focus people's attention and when people at an Alzheimer's disease facility dined in front of aquariums with brightly colored fish, they actually ate more, they got better re- uh, nutrition, and they were less prone to pacing. And they were also more attentive and less lethargic. Uh, if you've ever had fish, they are mesmerizing. And as a scuba diver and snorkeler, you know, of course, it's fabulous to be underwater, but if you've ever had an aquarium, and for many years we had an aquarium in our room, and it was just, I would just sit, you know, sit there in bed and watch these fish. And it was just, they really, really are amazing. I actually just rather see them in the wild instead of in an aquarium. But, but no matter where they are, if it's in a pond, like a koi pond, if you ever see koi and you just get up to them, they just seem so friendly and they make you feel good and they make you want to pet them. Or get close to them. Now, crickets. I mentioned crickets earlier because um, that used to be something in preschool that the teachers would bring in to the kids. And you would just put a little sponge in a jar with a, um, a piece of uh, dog food. And the cricket would live for months and months. You just had to keep the sponge wet. And it would talk to you. So even though da- uh, most animals, they don't even have to be cuddly to help is what the research is saying. In a 2016 study published in the journal uh, Gerontology, it showed that elderly people who were given crickets in a cage became less depressed after eight weeks than a control group. 
it was really just the act of caring for a living a living creature. And that might be what made the difference. And that might be what makes a difference no matter what. It's the responsibility. It's the love. But I will say, having had crickets for the kids, and I know that when my son had to bring in for show and tell when he was like five, something that started with the hard C, all he could think about was his cricket. And it entertained the class because the cricket sang. And, you know, kids were just mesmerized by watching this cricket. Now, dogs. We probably don't have to say a whole lot about dogs because dogs are people's best friends, right? Well, some research suggests that when children who struggle with reading read aloud to a dog or a dog and their handler, they show fewer anxiety symptoms. The attitudes change and their skills improve. So there's just something again about that human-animal interaction that just helps you. And I don't know if it would happen if you read to a stuffed animal. That probably isn't the same. But there's, I think it's because if you're reading to a dog, the dog is probably, you know, <laughs> breathing, huffing, maybe rolling its eyes, putting its paws on your knees or, or you know, uh, or putting its nose, you know, uh, on your hands or just or maybe licking you or something. And there's something about it that gives you that real connection. Now, one you might not think about is a guinea pig. Animals make socializing easier for kids who find it stressful. And that is uh, that's in all these studies. But when children with autism had a guinea pig in the classroom, they were more social with their peers. They smiled and they laughed more and they showed fewer signs of stress. Guinea pigs are also very fun. That's uh, We raised guinea pigs for a while and they're very fun to watch. You, got, you do have to be careful of them because they can, if they get angry, um, they can they could get vicious with each other. But uh, they are really very cuddly too. They're very much like a bunny. So just keep that in mind when you're thinking about, uh, you know, um, if you're thinking that you're feeling stressed or anxious, if you don't have a pet of your own, what you might want to do is borrow a pet, go to a friend's house, go and just uh, walk around a shelter, go to any of these stores that have these adoptions, you know, on a special day. And or just hang out at the park. There's always a dog or two at the park. And maybe you'd be able to at least enjoy watching somebody else play with their dog. I can assure you that being around animals is going to just delight you. And I know that when anybody comes to my house, they can't wait to get up to the barnyard. And people will literally want to spend a lot of time up there just not even... They don't even have to play with the animals. They just love to watch them and hear them and just interact with them. So pet a pet today and lower your anxiety. When we come back from break, we're going to squeeze more joy out of life. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and I will be right back. Be the star you are, the star you are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise 
passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Life is complicated and sometimes we all need a little help, but don't have the time for a full hour-long session or don't know who to turn to. That's where BetterHelp comes into play. With BetterHelp, I can get matched with one of over 2,500 licensed and approved counselors and therapists and get help anytime, anywhere, totally private. For a flat weekly fee starting at $35, I can connect with my counselor via text, chat, video conference, or phone, which is great for me because I'm always on the go. And I can go back to previous sessions whenever I want through my secure account from anywhere in the world. It's a great feeling to know that help is there, affordable, private, and convenient to my schedule. We can all use a little help. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash empowerment and register for free. Try it for seven days without being charged on your credit card and get matched with a licensed counselor usually within 24 hours. Get better help today at betterhelp.com forward slash empowerment. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling out to me. Well, Be the Star You Are is gearing up for its 20th anniversary gala, which not it's not happening for two years, but we are forming the committee because we want to do something really magnificent and fun. And so if you are interested in getting involved in helping us plan this big event or be a sponsor, get it, you know, in some way, make sure to check out BeTheStarYouAre.org and then do something extra and shoot me an email, Cynthia at CynthiaBryan.com. And let's see what we can do together because I really feel that when you get involved with Be The Star You Are, you're going to be a happy camper because we do some really good work and we really enjoy making a difference in the world. And while we're talking about making a difference, make sure you're tuned in to Express Yourself Teen Radio, which is our youth show that airs on Voice America Kids, our sister network, and it airs every Tuesday at noon. So noon Pacific, that is. Well, do you know how to squeeze a little bit more joy out of life? You know, pinpointing moments of everyday bliss, it can produce huge happiness payoff. And if you haven't already done it, 
it's time that you make a new habit that will be absolutely life-changing because we do have to stop uh, just complaining and we have to forget all the negative things that happen and we have to savor the small little things, you know, like blowing bubbles or skipping rocks or uh, getting, you know, finding dandelions and feeding them to quail, just little things that if you were a child, you would be very joyful about. So think about how children, they get excited over the smallest things. And just as we've gotten older, you know, we've just gotten a little bit distracted. So we do hear it over and over that it is the little things that count. Well, you know, it turns out that that cliche is dead on. It is right. Research shows that one of the most important secrets to a very happy life is to relish the many small moments that bring you delight, that bring your loved ones delight. I mean, little things that you may not even notice. When you start calling attention to them, your mind becomes more inclined towards joy. And you could become your own happiness guru. I mean, over time, joy and happiness become increasingly effortless if you're looking for joy in life. And the best part about it is, is that anybody can find joy, no matter who you are, where you are, or what your circumstances are in life. Because all of us, for humans in training, we're all going to have tough times. We're all going to have sad times. We're going to have tragedies, disappointments, heartbreaks. All of those things are going to happen. But if somehow we can find the good in everything, if we can find that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, or even just see the colors of the rainbow, I think that we're going to be a lot happier. So what are some things that we can do? You know, you can try to do it week by week if you want, or maybe you can take it a month at a time and stretch it out. But the first thing you want to do is you want to take note. You want to notice the little things around you. Think about sinking your teeth into your favorite dessert or that moment when you're in the shower and how good it feels to have hot water. If you've ever if you've ever um, wanted to take a shower or you know maybe you have to take a shower before you get into a pool and it's that ice cold water, it doesn't feel good. So, you know, we need to be grateful for those little moments that we take for granted when you have hot water. I mean, I think about that one a lot, that my grandparents, actually when my mom was growing up, they didn't have any indoor plumbing. They had no running water. They had to go out to a well to pump it. The mom had to boil the water on a stove in a big pot and pour it in a tub so that people, the, the family of eight could take a bath. So, you know, there's things that we take so for granted right now. So any fleeting moment of joy that happens in your day, it doesn't have to be really intense. It can be just so simple as that hot water. But start pick up on them and write it down. All you have to do is notice the joy and bring some attention to that pleasantness. So for week one... Your assignment is to find something joyful for the seven days in that week. Something little. I mean, some of the things that I've written down is I really love my pillow. I still have the same pillow from when I was a little girl. I just put it in the washing machine and, the, and I fluff it in the dryer. You know, it was one of those down pillows. There's not much down in it anymore, but I still love it. I love it. 
And so I'm grateful for it. And every time I, I sink my head into that pillow, I feel happy. It makes me joyful. As I was saying in segment one about the animals, whenever I go up to the animals, to the barnyard, and it's a long ways because it's up a hill. It's 101 steps up the hill to this barnyard that I have. And I go uh, twice a day to feed them and water them and collect eggs and check on them and play with them and all of that. And it takes quite a while. But a lot of people would say, isn't that a lot of work? And it probably is. But it's something I really enjoy. And it brings me joy. And I know it brings them joy. So I put that on my list, being with my animals. Same thing for me going out into the garden. When I need a break or when my head gets too full, if I just go out and take a stroll in nature, and it can be anything, just in the trees, in a creek, in a park, down, you know, I can walk down the sidewalk and look at other people's yards. It doesn't matter. I just need to see some green and some flowers. And that makes me feel very joyful. It just gives me a sense of bliss. I love it every time I get an email with someone who says that what we're doing at Be The Star You Are has changed their lives in some way for the positive. It could be a volunteer or it could be a, um, a beneficiary or a benefactor or a supporter, anybody. And it's very exciting. I, I really do enjoy those kind of things. So it's simple, you know, just simple things. A glass of water, uh, really when it tastes like really good water. The next thing is to be here and be now and just be. You want to focus on those bite sight pleasures that you already have in your day. And after a number of times of enjoying these, then you're going to form a habit. And then live out loud. Be vocal when something delights you and you will revel in that moment. What you want to do is, you know, let out a mmm after you take that first sip of that delicious java in the morning or, you know, um, when you bite into that decadent chocolate cake and it tastes so good. Or, you know, it could be it could be anything. I like a sip of a margarita. I think that tastes amazing and I get excited about that. So definitely do that. Just become a little bit more vocal and you're going to find that that is going to slide right into a habit at some point. And then you might start a one-sentence journal. Like I was saying, to write it down. It really helps to write down. So how about just writing down a very cheery thought every day? It can be about anything. It could be funny. It could be whatever. It, it's just going to keep you accountable without making happiness feel like a chore. So one thing that makes you happy, even if it's that you had, um, you've got to have a 15-minute lunch instead of no lunch or lunch at your desk, you know, or you had a nice chat at the water cooler with, with one of your colleagues that you haven't talked to in a while, whatever it is. I found I was interviewing someone for a new article on Monday, and as we were hiking through the hills, through their olive groves, there were all these turkey feathers. Now, I have plenty of turkey feathers because there's a lot of turkeys in my yard, and actually, they drive me crazy. They're eating all my pears right now. However, it made me really happy to find turkey feathers on another property. It just showed me that, you know, there's that um, the joy is spread around because feathers are just so beautiful. Now, in the second week, 
why don't you find some hidden happy moments? Now that you're ready to discover some less obvious delights. And these rituals are going to get you going. So one thing you might want to do is grab your smartphone or a camera and every day snap a picture of something that really makes you happy. And this way, you're watching out for the little things that bring you pleasure. And it keeps you in the joy-seeking mode, which is a really good thing. So it might be, you know, when you see uh, somebody walking down the street, like I really got it. I really loved it when I saw a cute little baby just smiling. And or I was in a store and I saw somebody doing a nice gesture for somebody else. I thought that those are really, really cute. Now, I obviously didn't snap a picture of them, but I definitely snap a picture when I see a butterfly on a flower or I have my camera with me all the time. So whenever I get excited about something, I do take a picture of it. So try that because it is going to kind of, you know, go... It's going to just like lock it into your mind that joy is there for the taking. You want to brighten up your life by choosing a color and try to spot it all day. So like I just love purple. And today uh, somebody came to the office and they were wearing this beautiful purple blouse. And the minute they walked in the door, I just I, I was happy. It just made me so happy to see him. And, I, of course, I had to compliment them on this beautiful purple blouse. And the woman said to me, oh, my gosh, it's my favorite color, and I have about 10 outfits in purple. And so, you know, obviously just my commenting on her blouse made her happy, but her wearing the blouse to my office made me happy. So, you know, uh, find a color that you like for the day and try to find it and then compliment it. It could be a a blue sweater that you're wearing. It could be the sky. It could be the blue of the sky. It could have been the eclipse where it was gray and kind of gray and white and dark and then sunny, you know, all of that. There is a ton of research that links color and happiness. And it's so easy to take color in from the world. Yesterday, I was doing another um, article for my newspaper And when I interviewed this one uh, person in her garden, when I first walked in, what the first thing I noticed was she had this oasis of green, and there must have been hundreds of different shades of green. And that was the first thing that we started discussing is how people think that there's only one shade of green. You know, there's only green. But then you look at nature, and she had just a little patch. It wasn't a big garden. It was small. It might have been eight by ten eight feet by 10 feet, but it was all these different plants that were all different colors of green. It was spectacular, and it made me happy. So that was another blissful moment, and of course, I did take a picture. So now we get to week three, because as you already know from listening to the show, or if you listen to any kind of of, um, personal growth tapes you know or books on tape or anything it always tells you and I do believe it's true it takes three weeks to 30 days to change a habit and to make a new habit so if we're going to make a joyful habit we need at least three weeks of joy so the next thing that you want to try to do is practice joy on command and what does that exactly mean 
It means that little bits of pleasure can give you a lift even when you're feeling seriously down. So if you are in a really bad mood and, you know, sometimes we get up on the wrong side of the bed or sometimes life is just throwing us curveballs and we really feel like we're in a dark room and we really feel depressed, not clinically depressed, but sad depressed, exhausted, disappointed, all of those things that make us angry, actually. And what can we can do to find a little moment of joy? They're like candles that light up the room. And you need it. You really need to do that when you're having a bad day. You need to have a strategy. So it's like you have to be able to psych yourself into joy on command. So what are a couple of things you can do? If you like music, let's say, yeah, and most people do, you might have a favorite song. So one of the quickest ways to boost your mood is to listen to some upbeat music. And research really has shown that it's like dialing happiness, 911 or something, you know. So turn on some music. Another thing I have found is to put a smile on your face. It's that fake it till you make it. And I know it sounds corny, but the thing about it is you put that smile on it on your face. And when you're smiling, you cannot frown. And because you're smiling, you're using different muscles, which send different receptors to your brain, which signal that you'll be happy. And if you can fake a belly laugh and start belly laughing, and what will happen is you will start laughing. And then you will immediately kind of reset those endorphins. You'll feel much better. And that will be practicing joy on command. Obviously, exercise is another thing. You can do some jumping jacks. You can just jump around. You can put on the music again and start dancing. Or don't even have music and start dancing. Just do something that is going to pick you up fast. In my acting classes, I always have people do uh, jumping jacks. We do 10 to 15 jumping jacks. The other thing we'll do is we'll do like the football huddle, you know, where you just go, uh, you know, and everybody kind of does this huddle, which that really gets that adrenaline going too. And yes, it's kind of childish, but it's playful. And what it does is these things get you pumped up right away. And when you start getting pumped up, you do, again, put a smile on your face and you feel better. And then the other thing that you can do that is very, very helpful is that you can spread the cheer. When you're having a really crappy day, randomly selecting a few people walking by and sending them a positive vibe can really make you feel better too. Just think, I wish for that person to be happy, you know. So what it is is being on that giving end of a kind thought, it's rewarding. You're going to be happier than you were five seconds ago. So it's like when you give, when you give out some joy, you're going to get some joy back. And that is something that's nice. So just think about walking down the street and smiling at a complete stranger. And you'll find they'll, they'll usually smile back at you. They'll either think you're weird or they'll smile back at you. Or say good morning in a very cheery voice to somebody. And that's another way to help you feel better. I really do, I do subscribe to that when you're feeling down. Uh, not that you're trying to pretend that you're not down. But if it's nothing that's really that serious, really do get into that fake it till you make it. Because it'll help you a lot. And then the final way to squeeze more joy out of life is to be grateful. 
I have always found that the more gratitude that I have for every little thing in life, the more great, grateful um, I am for just living and, you know, being in the moment, the more things that I have to be grateful for. And it, things just show up. And it's not like I'm looking for them. It's not like I'm asking for them. And if you ask me every day what they are, I couldn't even tell you. But Sometimes when I just, you know, look out at the sky and say, oh, I am so grateful for this day or for this sunshine or I'm grateful to live where I live or to have be have so close to nature or I'm happy to be able to travel or I'm happy that I have a healthy family. You know, just showing grateful, great uh, gratitude for whatever it is you already have. It's interesting how. You get other things. You might get, you know, an unexpected card in the mail from someone you haven't heard from in a while that has something nice to say. Uh, You might see a beautiful bird that you haven't seen in a long time. There might be a phone call from someone, and you just never know where anything comes. You might buy that lotto ticket or that scratch-off, and you just might win. The the main key in life is just to believe that happiness is a choice. And all of us have that ability to be happy and to be joyful. We can do it because we are terrific. We are great. We, We have everything that we need to be those writers, producers, directors, and stars of our own life. So when you... uh. Get off of listening to this radio show today. I really want you to start your first week of writing down what you are joyful about, what makes you happy, and then continue that journal and try to put something in it every single day. Don't forget to take some pictures of things that make you happy, and don't forget to fake it till you make it if you're having a bad day. And know that when you're down, the only way is up, is up, right? You can't go much further than down, down to the bottom. So the only other way is going to be up. So it does. the sun does shine tomorrow. Well, when we come back from break, we will have more. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. You can visit StarStyleRadio.com. Don't go away. We're going to come back with complainers and blamers and how to get rid of them in, from our lives. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. No matter how hard a company tries to please its customers, there's always going to be some complaints. And according to a recent study by Case Western Reserve University, 42% of dissatisfied customers will complain to others about their experiences. 37% will tell the company when there's a problem and they'll ask for satisfaction. And they don't tell others about the bad experience. 14% may return after a bad experience and not tell the company or anybody else. But 14% stop buying immediately. They don't tell the company, and they do tell others. 
68, I mean 60, 28% may seek revenge and they'll broadcast the company shortfall to anyone who will listen, including the media and the government. And if you uh, check on Yelp, you'll see there are a lot of complainers out there. That's why there's a, a Yelp elite squad that are signed to a code to write honest, honest reviews. But if you want consumer loyalty, Make sure your company has a policy inviting complaints and has an excellent customer service representative who will do what it takes to keep a customer happy. It's so much more difficult to cultivate a new client than to retain an existing one. So let's try to rid yourself of the complainers and make the people satisfied. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's Cynthia Bryan and Bryan with an I.com. Be the star you are. The star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Bethestarur.org. Dare to care. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste, and Freshly delivers to my home and my office, so I eat healthy all day, every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAE639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save $20 today with coupon code VAE639 at Freshly.com. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling out to me. Well, it's an epidemic. Complaining is an absolute problem 
everywhere in the world, but especially right here in America. Thanks for staying with me. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and I am your personal growth coach, and I'm your host of the show of Star Style, and my name is Cynthia Bryan. So you all know one, I'm sure. You might be married to one. You might have a parent or a sibling or a friend, but chronic complainers are all around us. I mean, they moan about the weather. They moan about the traffic. They insist that the waiter is too slow, that the gas is too expensive, and nothing today is as good as it used to be. You remember those good old days, right? And they just seem to be perpetually upset about everything they see in the world. Now, the reality is most chronic complainers simply feel disconnected, and they're usually just very lonely people. And complaining is just their way of getting the attention that they crave. So if you know someone like that, how can you help them? You know, because you want to help them kick that habit. There is a way. We were just talking about being more joyful and being happy. And maybe maybe they need to get a pet and they'd stop complaining. But let's talk about how we can give them some other ways to, um, to complain less and enjoy life more. So the attention getting. The type of attention that complainers receive really isn't the sort that they want, you know, because what they want is to get some positive reinforcement, but what they don't know is they don't know how to get it, so they just go for negative. A chronic complainer often hasn't learned how to ask for a hug from his or her spouse or partner. They haven't learned how to find a sympathetic ear for a heartfelt conversation, and they feel just very alone. And complainers don't realize that their complaining drives away their friends, their relations, their loved ones, causing them to lose the attention they crave as opposed to getting the attention they crave. And most chronic complainers learn this behavior as children. Now, either their parents gave them attention when they whined or when they witnessed complaining by one or or both of their parents. Uh, You probably also in that same light know people who are sick all the time and they just seem to be hypochondriacs. And if you really look into their past, what you'll find out is they were rewarded for being sick. You know, if they had a toothache or a headache or a stomach ache when they were kids, they got all kinds of attention from their parents and they, you know, they were given hot milk or hot tea in bed and they were tucked in more and more hugs and all of that. Whereas that's not the attention that you want. You don't want to have attention because you're sick. Obviously, if you really are sick, you do need attention, but you don't want to have that kind of negative feedback. Now, other behaviors people use to get attention when they don't know how to ask for it, they will... um, and have like intentional accidents. I mean, that's sort of the same thing as either feigning or imagining an illness. Or they'll be chronically late for everything, for meetings and events, uh, you know, because they think that those can't start without them. Or they'll be endlessly seeking assistance on really minor matters. Like, um, let's say that if somebody who doesn't somebody who doesn't really like flying in an airplane, they may just pester the flight attendant repeatedly for a drink refill or, you know, ask if there's a pillow or if there's a blanket or if they can move seats because what they're really willing to to uh, not do, they're not willing to admit that they are afraid of 
flying. And what they need is reassurance. Maybe they just need to ask the person next to them, will you just hold my hand for a moment? I've had people do that with me uh, when I've been flying. As I've noticed that they've been really scared and hyperventilating. And I, I would just say, are you afraid? Would you like me to hold your arm? I, you know, we're going to be okay. And it just seems to help validate their fear and help them not to get, um, not have to become a complainer. Now, what are valid complaints? Now, sometimes we really do have legitimate reasons to complain. You know, if the phone company overcharges us or your uh, cable company gives you a, a big bill, my big one is our water companies, you know, they're now charging us 20.5% more even though we're out of a drought. I mean, that to me, that's worth a call and that's worth getting corrected. But if a waiter delivers the wrong order, You know, we might bring it to his attention, but we shouldn't be getting mad about it. If a spouse forgets to do a chore, we might mention the oversight. Those are productive complaints, but we're not harping on the problem. When You have to suggest a specific course of action to remedy the situation, but not just, you know, continue complaining about something that happened yesterday or years ago or, you know, maybe not even in your lifetime. At times, it's even useful to voice a non-productive complaint about a problem that somebody who's listening to us can't fix. Uh, doing so might help relieve the stress. It might provide a group with the top of a conversation or it might even bond, you know, some strangers together. For example, if you are at a Chamber of Commerce um, meeting and you live in an area with chronically bad traffic, so you might want to share a traffic story, and that that could forge a sense of kinship together. However, with that being said, you have to be very careful when you voice these non-productive complaints because you don't want them to become a habit because what can you really do to stop that traffic? Unless you have a solution for it, you don't want to just complain about it. Now, how to help others to stop complaining. If you have a, a, a chronic complainer in your life, Try to get to the bottom of what's really bothering him or her. Odds are the complainer is feeling dismissed, invisible, ignored, powerless, unloved, alone, lonely, unsupported, you know, any of that. They might feel belittled or insulted or criticized. And if you can't figure out exactly what's wrong, ask the complainer directly. The person might be desperate for someone to take an interest. Try to focus on the chronic complainer's wide-ranging complaints, and but respond by saying, you know, John, what is it that you really need? I know that you've been complaining a lot, of, you know, about whatever, the how hot it is in here, how cold it is outside. What are you unhappy about? What's bothering you? How can I help? Then search for ways to show a complainer that he is loved, supported, and valued. Compliment her. Give her a hug. Offer to help with a difficult task. And you want to become the complainer's cheerleader. Provide non-judgmental support under all circumstances. And if you'd like to offer the complainer advice, you've got to ask permission first. Because otherwise, you, um, you, know, you might just add to the complaints. And don't get upset if you're on the receiving end of complaints. Chronic complainers tend to complain to whoever makes them feel the most comfortable, and that's usually your spouse or a loved one. So people who feel disrespected frequently look to anybody, to like a spouse or a parent or a friend, that they can complain about their work situations or whatever it is, you know, where somewhere they're not comfortable. And if you complain too much, if you feel that you are the chronic complainer, 
Listen to your words. Are you quick to find fault? Do you often sound negative, perhaps without meaning to? Listen to what others say about you. Has anyone ever accused you of complaining too much? So start making an effort to sound more upbeat rather than recount your day in a way that makes it seem frustrating, painful. Try to put positive spins on things. Think twice about voicing a complaint about something that your listener cannot correct. You know, and then phrase your complaint so that it sounds like a shared problem, not an accusation. Rather than say, I've told you a million times to pick up your clothes and you still don't do it. Maybe you'll say, gosh, if you pick up your laundry, we can get started on that wash and then we don't have to be bothered with it when we're watching television. And don't complain to your family members again the minute they get home. It is really dreadful walking in the door and hearing how bad the day was. All right. Give everybody a few minutes to unwind and finally consider the cause of your chronic complaining could it stem from a need for attention to help you feel more useful and more loved and if so you know what i can i suggest volunteer for a charity adopt a pet offer to babysit a dog all these things can help you feel needed and loved i hope you've enjoyed the show i thank you so much for being great listeners i hope that you will squeeze more joy out of love that you'll stop complaining, you'll help others stop complaining, and that you'll get some pet therapy. For more information about Star Style Productions or um, myself, Cynthia Bryan, visit CynthiaBryan.com. To get connected with Be The Star You Are charity, make a donation, or just become a volunteer, visit BTSYA.org. I always want to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, motivate you, and I want you to read a book, my book, Growing, with the Goddess Gardener is now going to be available. I finally got it, and I think you're going to love it. So I'm going to hope that you'll pick it up very soon. Until next week, when we celebrate once again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles are going to keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style. I thank you, I encourage you, and I empower you. Be the star you are. We'll be together next Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific right here on Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel. Thanks for joining me. Be the star you are, the star you are, be the star you are, you are the star. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.